for leading us in singing. And I would like to really acknowledge you and thank you for your sacrifices also. Uh, I know that you are staying here until almost uh, 12 in the midnight Saturday night. <laughs> and so I hope you will acknowledge them and say thank you for leading us in worship. Amen. And, and we know that God is good. So continue to pray for them. Our passage today is found in the book of Philippians, uh, written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Philippi. And uh, the title of our message is to How to Manage Stress. Are you stressed today? Okay, and so this message is good for you, okay? So I invite you to please rise as we give respect to the reading of the Word of God, beginning verse 4 until verse 9. I'm reading on my New King James Version. <clears throat> rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasseth all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So the things which you learn are received and heard and saw in me, this do, and the God of peace will be with you. May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your words. Your words indeed, O oh Lord, encourages us. Not only encourages us, but also gives us the strength. Not only giving us the strength, O oh Lord, but they change our very character. And that's why, Father, for that to happen, help us to not only listen, but Lord, put them into action. And so, Father, I'm praying for your children, for all the listeners today, that your spirit will be the one who will teach them and give them the wisdom as they receive your word today. May it grow into their hearts, O oh Lord, for us to become a good influence in this dark world. We know, O oh Lord, that we live in a world that uh, a lot of things that we can really sometimes comprehend. But, Father, I know that even though we are few, we can be a benefit to change this world. And so, Father, use your word for us to better us. And Lord, we are praying for those who are celebrating their birthday this past week and this coming week, and those who are having uh, wedding anniversaries. I am praying, Father, that you continually provide for them, be with them, strengthen them, and Lord, embrace them with your love, grace, and mercy. Father, we also thank you that we know you are the God who provides. I, I continually pray for those who are uh, struggling with their finances. Help them to realize that you are the God who provides. And thank you for what you will do. Bless your word now, for this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Please have a seat. So the title of our message is How to Manage Stress. <clears throat> How many of you heard the name Kevin Carter? Kevin Carter. Kevin Carter could never escape his continent's turmoil. And so this guy, uh, of course, for a decade, he, he's a photographer, 
and he captured a vivid picture of repression, not only repression, but also strife in his native South Africa. One, one time, he went to famine rock Sudan and came upon a starving toddler stalked by a vulture. Have you seen that picture in the internet? One time it was trending. There is this big uh, vulture and this small boy. He was skinny. Uh, you know, it's only skin and bones, and that vulture is talking. And so he photographed the scene, an image that won this first year, of course, his first year Pulitzer Prize, then chased the vulture away. So I, I want you to imagine that scenario. Okay? And so as the child returned, uh, resumed her walk, uh, to a feeding station, he lit a cigarette and he wept. At the age of 33, Kevin Carter killed himself with carbon monoxide pumped into his pickup truck. The dad was asked what happened, and then this is the explanation of his father. Kevin always carried around the horror of the work he did. In other words, he was so stressed out with his job and what he sees and what he photographed. Did you know that stress is actually a normal part of life? At times, it serves a useful purposes or purpose. Stress can motivate you to get that promotion at work, right? Or run the, run, uh, run the last mile of a marathon. Uh, but if you don't get a handle on your stress and it becomes long-term, uh, it will seriously interfere with your job, your family, but most especially your health. More than, did you know that more than half of Americans say they fight with, with friends and loved ones because of stress? Half of Americans. And more than 70% say they experience real physical and emotional symptoms from it. And, and later on, I will, I will show to you, because I did some, some research about the connection between stress and health in our, in our physical well-being. So, this morning, if you are alive, I know you are alive. <laughs> We have stress. Good and bad experiences, they both contribute to the stress in our lives. But however, in the passage that we just read this morning, the Apostle Paul gave us three things for us to combat this stress in your life. But before we go on to that, I want for us to learn Okay, this trait characteristic of the stress-prone. And, and these are the stress-prone. Plans day unrealistically. If you plan your day unrealistically, uh, of course, you, you go nowhere without goal. You will be stressed out. Second, first to arrive, last to leave. I think this is us. Because we arrive here and then we, we live last. And that's stressful. Number three, always in a hurry. How many of you are always in a hurry? 
you know what? Our, our sermon is, is just beginning, and please don't be in a hurry. And don't look at your <laughs> wristwatch, okay? And that's stressful. Because I tell you, this is one hour preaching. I'm just kidding. Number four, makes no plan for relaxation. If you don't know how to relax and plan for relaxation, you will be stressed out. Life in this world is not always work, 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 work. You need to learn, you need to learn how to what? Relax. Number five, feels guilty about doing anything other than work. How many of you fall into this category? You feel guilty in doing something rather than, you know, I'm not doing my work. How come I'm doing this? You are stressed out. Six, sees unforeseen problem as a setback or a disaster. I think this one falls onto what we call too much worrying. Why? Because you don't even know what is the future and you are thinking about what will happen negatively into your life. Number seven, it's always thinking about several other things when working. Well, you know what? Most especially uh, ladies, you know, they, they, uh, they can't do one thing at the same time. They're just <laughs> multitask. They can't focus on one thing. And of course, feels the need to be recognized and, and overextends because of this one. Now, Indeed, stress will, will affect your health. And, and sometimes, if a doctor will recognize, uh, uh, what do you call this? If a doctor will, will see you and, and, and find nothing about you know, your, your, your body, I think one of the culprits is stress. And it's true. Why? Because did you know that there are three causes of stress? They are dissected into... The Three parts. What are the causes of this stress? Everyone has a different stress triggers. First, I call this work stress. Work stress. What are these? Being unhappy in your job. If you're not happy in your job, you, you, you know your stress level will just go up. Having a heavy workload or too much responsibility. If, if your boss keep on telling you, do this, do that. Don't stop working. Work like a horse. <laughs> You'll be stressed out. Why? They give you too much responsibility in which our, our physical body is limited. Amen. And yet there is this boss who says, hey, working long hours. This is true. When you work long hours, uh, I think our body is just capable of working until eight hours a day. And that's why nurses, they work 12 hours a day, and then the rest, they work only three days, but the rest, it's because they know that if you work for long hours, it's not good for your body. Having poor management, unclear expectations of your work, or no Say in a decision-making. Now, uh, being insecure also about your chance of advance or risk termination under dangerous conditions. These are, of course, the next uh, list. Having too good 
to give speeches in front of colleagues, facing discrimination or harassment at work, especially if your company isn't supportive but you. All these things, you will experience stress. Another category, not only work stress, but we call this life stresses. These are the death of a loved one. You know what? We, we can't really imagine the death of a loved one. And, and that's why the notion of having a funeral insurance is not popular. Why? Because we don't want our loved one to die and thinking that you have an insurance for him for the funeral service. By the way, dying today is really expensive. It's expensive. It's really stressful. But anyway, if you die, there's no more stress on your part. It's your family. <laughs> but nonetheless, it's, it's stressful. Divorce is stressful. Uh, I know that, you know, I've met a lot of people who were divorced, and sometimes they, uh, they really can't comprehend what's happening. You know what, thinking about this divorce, when you say, till death do us part. And yet, you're not yet uh, dead, you're already separated. And that's, that's really hard. Uh, thinking about boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, that alone is hard. You're not yet get married. And when the boyfriend or girlfriend said, I don't like you anymore, oh, it breaks your heart. That's just a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. How much more if you already have children? If you have your own house, car? really stressful. Loss of a job. Probably some of you have experienced it. It's not fun. Why? Because you will worry about, oh, my mortgage. Oh, I don't have any more health insurance. You know, it, it, it's just like a, a chain link. They, they, they link together. Increase in financial obligations. Oh, my son is turning 16. I need to buy him a car. And, and I call the insurance company for the boys. It's expensive. Additional financial obligation. And then when he drives, I don't know. I hope he will come back. <laughs> getting married is stressful. Why? Especially here in America, when you get married, more oh, expensive. Talking about 25K, 30K, that's just getting married. That's just the ceremony, my dear friends and brothers and sisters in the Lord. That's why people who are getting married, they're what? Stressed. Another thing is moving to a new home. Moving to a new home. When, when people move to a new home, they are stressed out. Why? It's because, it's because, uh, Lord... Will you really provide for my needs? I bought this house. I can't pack up anymore. Stress, it's stressful because you want to fill that house with beautiful appliances and everything in the house. Chronic illness or injury. This is stressful. Especially if you're going into the age of like me, <laughs> senior citizen, 55. Uh, no matter what you do sometimes about our health, 
AIDS is the major factor. That's why we sometimes are not healthy. We're just like cars. You know, cars is more better. Why? Because there are parts that you can just replace. But your body? No. No way, Jose. <laughs> Emotional problems like depression, anxiety, anger, grief, guilt, low self-esteem. Taking care of an elderly or sick family member. This is stressful. Especially here in America. Why? Because here in America, uh, you cannot just leave your elderly, but you have to work. If you just take good care of them without having enough money, oh, it's really stressful. Traumatic events such as a natural disaster, theft, rape, or violence against you or a loved one. These are stressful. That's the second category. And third, this is... Uh, <clears throat> We call this the stress that comes from inside rather than outside. Okay? You can stress yourself out just by worrying about things, and all these things are, all these things are the factor. Number one, fear and uncertainty. Fear and uncertainty. When you regularly hear about the threat of terrorist attack, global warming, and the toxic chemicals on the news, and those people killing people at Walmart, you will really have fear and anxiety in your life. That's why when I go to Walmart right now, <laughs> but we can control that, okay? Later on, we'll take a look at that. <laughs> it costs you to feel stressed. And you're just buying a Coke Zero and then... <laughs> You, especially, the reason is this. Because you feel you have no control over those events. You can control other people carrying guns. You can control the nature. You can control the global warming. So what will you do? And even uh, though disasters are typically sometimes very rare events, see, Again, the media, the vivid coverage in the media make them seem as if the world is crumbling down. Like if there's news in the Philippines about Muslims killing people in, in southern Mindanao, if, um, if, um, if someone knew exactly that you are a Filipino, they would ask, what's happening in the Philippines? And they think the whole Philippines. Why? It's because the vivid coverage. They don't realize that's only on that part. So we are stressed out. Fears can, can also hit closer at home, such as being worried that you won't finish a project at work. Sometimes you bring your work, your, your work at home or, or won't have enough money to pay your bills for this month. So fear and uncertainty, that's from within. Second, attitudes and perceptions, they contribute to our level stress. Have you viewed the world or a particular a situation can determine whether it causes stress. For example, if your television set is stolen and you take the attitude like this, oh, it's okay, the insurance will pay for it. Or if you think, hey, my TV is gone and I'll never get it back. What if the thieves will come back and steal again? 
two different kinds of attitudes. You see, people who feel like they're going or doing a good job at work will be less stressed out by a big upcoming project than those who worry that they are incompetent. Why? It's because they always think negative. Oh, I'm incompetent. I can't do it. When you think that you are incompetent because of the project that is coming, then you will be stressed out. Attitudes and perceptions. Third, unrealistic expectations. Unrealistic expectations. Remember this, my dear friends and brothers in the Lord. No one is perfect. If you expect to do everything right all the time, you are destined to feel stressed when things don't do, don't go as, you know what, as you expected. How many of you have experienced that? You want everything, uh, you know, okay. You, you want everything in good shape. And then it did not happen. Why? It's because you have this unrealistic expectation. You want everything perfect, but no one is perfect. Just like the Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the kingdom of God. Change is another factor. Any major life change can be what? Stressful. Even a happy event like wedding or a job promotion, those are stressful. More unpleasant events, such as, again, mentioned divorce, uh, major financial setbacks, or death in the family can be significant sources of stress. That's change. Your stress level will, will differ based on your personality and how you respond to situations. That's why it is good for us we have the Word of God. Amen. This word of God will help us change our attitude when it comes to stressful living. Because if we allow stress to linger, it will really affect our health. Did you know that one of the causes of type 2 diabetes is stress? Uh, sometimes you did not even eat a, a, a you know, sugary food. When you wake up in the morning, it's 140, 130. It's, it should be 98 for normal. Why? It's because of your stress. Did you know that your liver pumps sugar too? That's why when we, uh, when we eat a lot of sugary food, you know, your, your sugar level will go up. There's a lot of contributing factors. Sometimes are hidden. But anyway, stress is one of them. In the book of Philippians, written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Philippi, the Apostle Paul gave three ways to manage the stress. Number one of these, of course, is Paul said, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Pastor, are you saying that when my loved one will die, I will say, rejoice in the Lord always and again I say, rejoice. Will you say, ha, 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 you're dead? <laughs> That's not rejoicing, okay? That is not what the apostle Paul is saying. What does that mean? It means that we can have joy even though 
we are in a difficult circumstances. Most people are emotionally controlled by their own internal moods or their external circumstances. That's why Paul gives another way. When we rejoice in the Lord, we are placing our confidence in whom? In Jesus. That's why he said, rejoice in the Lord. When we rejoice in the Lord, our confidence is in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, no matter what is your circumstances in life. Amen. That's why Paul said, rejoice in the Lord. This is a choice that we can make. To reflect a spirit of joy in the midst of difficulty is a powerful witness to the strength Jesus gives to you and me. This exhortation is a great reminder to all of us as a Christian. Our circumstances and feelings should never stop us from rejoicing. Amen. I don't know what is your circumstances right now, but don't let it stop you from rejoicing. When we adjust to God's way of thinking and relating to others, we are reminded that as Christians, we can even rejoice in the midst of trials and sufferings because of the pattern established by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Who, he said, for the joy, the scripture said, set before him the, uh, who set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. In the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. So Jesus showed us that suffering precedes glory. And as Jesus' suffering and resurrection have secured a joyous future for all who have been redeemed. So in Christ, indeed, we can rejoice always. Our exhortation to rejoice always, of course, is not only found in this scripture passage that we are studying. It is also found in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse what? Verse 16, 17, and 18. Rejoice always, Paul said to the church at Thessalonica. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. In whom? Again, Paul mentioned, in whom? In Christ. Rejoice in the Lord. Always, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. You remember Galatians chapter 5, verse 22? One of the fruit of the Spirit is what? Joy. If we are always filled with the Spirit, and the Spirit causes us to rejoice, then it follows that we will rejoice always. That's why Paul said, Always be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's the Spirit who will work in you that the things you can do, just like this, when you are in a bad mood or bad situation, you can rejoice because you are filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. This is one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. When you hear the doctor said, oh, your health is bad, you can still rejoice. Why? Because you know that you are always in the Lord. We can rejoice always because of God's salvation. Are you saved today? If you are saved today, you can always rejoice because of the salvation that you have. No one and nothing can take our salvation away 
neither, neither height nor depth, whatever it is, no one can take away that love of God from you. Those who believe in Christ are God's children, and nothing can change that. That's why we can rejoice with our salvation too. We can rejoice always, even in persecution. Why? Because we believe God's promises. You remember the apostles? They were arrested. They were persecuted. And yet, they came out victorious as a believer in the Lord. We can rejoice always knowing that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Actually, this, this song is, uh, I think, a, a favorite song by our Ilocano friends. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. <laughs> the joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Is the joy of the Lord your strength? It should be. We can rejoice always knowing that in all things God, God works for the good of those who love Him. We can rejoice always knowing that God's gift and His call are irrevocable. When He calls you to be, He says, Ah, you are my son. That's irrevocable. We can rejoice always knowing that one day we will inhabit the new Jerusalem, we will see the Lord face to face, and we will live in a perpetual day. Oh, what a glorious day that would be. All the stresses in this life that we identified no more. That's why we can rejoice, even though at the very moment we are stressing out, still we can rejoice. Our rejoicing should be in what the Lord has done and continues to do and will do in the future regardless of your circumstances or your feelings. Hey, our hope is in the Lord. Amen. Our hope is in the Lord, for He is our rock and He is our salvation. And this alone, a reason for us to always rejoice. There is a sale guy, in his career, he observed this that most of his colleagues are happy when they make the sale and sad when they lose the sale. Well, of course, uh, at certain level, we know that this is understandable. But often, he said that their whole week, not only whole week, but whole month and a year is influenced by how many sales they are making. And so they seem like total victims to the way their personal production is going simply because they are stressed out. Yes, it's true. Whatever you do, there, there will be stress. But please, do not let that stress immobilize you. Make you unproductive. We can rejoice always in the Lord. Amen. Um, I, I, you know, my wife sometimes asks me, if I die, what will you do? She said, oh, I will sing, Rejoice in the Lord always. <laughs> you know, we joke a lot, you know. But, uh, you know, yes, what can we do? Sometimes things are uncontrollable. You can't change your health. Don't, don't. Yeah, if the doctor said you have this, don't, don't dwell on that. Think about the Lord always. Amen. And, and rejoice always. Not only uh, he gave us uh, this counsel to rejoice in the Lord for our stress uh, to manage properly, 
Secondly, uh, is the word pray. Pray. Be anxious for nothing, but in what? Can you say it loudly? In everything. By what? By prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. The problem is we don't make it known to God. In short, you are lazy in what we call prayer. Stressful situations generate a natural form of anxiety. Paul says that instead of being overcome by the worries of life, we should cast our cares upon him by what? By praying. Well, uh, someone has said this, people who pray tend to not worry. And people who tend to worry often forget to what? you get it? This is true. It's really that simple. When you have a relationship to the Lord and the Lord really is serious, very serious in having a relationship with you, He wants to communicate with you. He cares for you. He wants you to burn out all those stresses in your life. But again, the problem is we're lazy to talk and commune with our Father. All of the psychiatric prescription drugs prescribed in year 2009 alone. Did you know that uh, top seven drugs are used to treat anxiety? 2009 alone. We, we are already what? 2019. For a few more months, we are already 2020. I don't know if you believe this. I believe this. Uh, there is a legitimate need for these drugs. But there are a lot of anxious people in the world today. Could we relieve some of this anxiety through prayer? Oh, yes. We can. But again, the problem is we don't pray. When we pray... Listen, when we pray, we are no longer depending on our power, our ideas, our wisdom. We are now depending on the creator of this universe, powers, ideas, and wisdom. And that brings us peace. And that's why the Apostle Paul said, when you pray, you will experience the peace that surpasses all understanding. Because when you pray, you are saying, basically, Lord, I can't do it. You can do it for me. Give me the strength. Give me the ability. Enable me to fight this. A lack of prayer demonstrates a lack of faith and a lack of trust in God's word. Why? It's because said, pray, call unto me. Jeremiah 33, 3. Uh, that's, our, that's our Christian 911, Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me and I will answer you and show you things that you, you know, you will not understand. We pray to demonstrate 
our faith in God. That He will do as He promised in His Word. He will bless you. He will bless you abundantly more than we could ask or hope for. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. You know, prayer is our primary means of seeking God works in, 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 in other people's lives as well, not only to you. See, uh, this is the plugging into God's power. It is our means of defeating Satan and his army that we are powerless to overcome by ourselves. That's why it's important for you, if your children stress you out, you pray for them. If your boss is stressing you out, you pray and bless him. Give him food. Give him drink. Pray for them. Rather than always complaining, complaining, rather than you know, seeing the negative of, of our neighbor, our children, your boss, you pray for them. Because there is power in prayer. Amen. Indeed, there is power in prayer. Don't, don't be impatient. Because when we pray, God's power will at work and they will change the very character and attitude of the person whom you are praying. Because God's promises that he will listen to your prayer and my prayer. And of course, the result is when you see changes in other people, when you pray for them, even for yourself, less stress. That's why Paul said pray. The God that parted the sea. The Jesus that calmed the wind and the waves. The Jesus that healed the woman. This same God and Jesus, they are always ready to help when you pray. We need to take our burdens to the throne of the grace of God and ask for help. Yes, God cares for you. I will show you two verses. These are two verses coming from the Lord. Psalms 55, verse 22. Cast your cares on the Lord. Can we read it all together? Ready, begin. Cast your cares on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. Have you heard that one? Did you get it? He, he will never let the righteous what? Fall. First Peter 5, 7. Cast all your cares or anxiety on Him because... But the big word there is he cares for you. Cast! The apostle, uh, the apostle Peter uses this word cast. He has the idea of he was, he's walking along the beach and he picks up a, a stone and he throws that stone with all his might until that stone disappears. That's the very idea when Paul said or Peter said, cast all your care. If you will not cast, you will not experience, you know, blessings in life. How can you cast? By praying. God never promises strength for the next week. Listen, it's just for today. That's why we need to keep on praying. We need to keep on communing with him. Number three and last, 
this is the third ways that we can manage our stress, not only rejoice in the Lord, not only pray, but third thing, verse 8. Look at verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, if there is any virtue and if there, if there is anything praiseworthy, you, you, you understand this word, meditate. Think about these things. Meditate upon these things. This means we take responsibility for our minds. We take responsibility for our minds. God has given us the capacity to control our thoughts. And so we can choose to think on a negative things or on positive things. It's really up to you. Our thoughts are often, sometimes, many times, source of our greatest stress. We always imagine the worst. What are these? Ooh, we think about growing old and becoming dependent on others. So, when you think about, hey, I'm getting old. Hey, I'm already 55. And, and what will be my future? What will be my, I, I think, I, I hope Brother Robert will, you know. <laughs> he has a care home. Growing old and becoming dependent on others. We think about our health failing. I want you to follow the word that I'm using. Think. We, we think about our health failing. We think about people not liking us. You know what? Don't bother yourself about this. Because whatever you do, good or, or, or bad, I don't know. For some unknown reason, that's my wife's favorite word, for some unknown reason. <laughs> People will just not like you. Look, look, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What did the Lord do? Well, nothing. But he was hated. And so you are, you are in a good company. Uh, we, we think about people not liking us. We think about being failure at work or even losing our job. We think about our country becoming worse and worse and worse. I, I, I believe this is really becoming worse and worse and worse. Violence is, you know, everywhere. We think about something bad happening to our children. Where is he? Where is he? We, we, we think about bad things that will happen. These kind of thoughts will inevitably lead to stress and anxiety. Uh, we have, of course, concerns. But, again, the key is not to dwell on them. The key is not to dwell on them. You heard what I said? We have the concern, but don't dwell on them. Every time we focus our thoughts on God, He becomes bigger and our problems become what? Smaller. Peggy, her name, she was diagnosed with cancer in 1996. She had to deal with her worries. And she developed the habit of consciously redirecting her thoughts away from her fears onto God. This song is based on 1 Peter 5.7. The title is, Cast All Your Care. Or anxiety on God, for He cares for you. 
this song greatly helped her. And this song goes like this. I cast all my cares upon you. I lay all of my burdens down at your feet. And any time, oh, I don't know what to do. I will cast all my cares upon you. Peggy consciously sang this song day and night whenever the stresses crowded in. Now, as she sang the song, she pictured herself carrying all of her worries in a big sack, laying it down at the feet of Jesus. Once she dropped her worries, she envisioned herself crawling up on Jesus' lap. There, as a child on his lap, she felt reassured and safe. She learned to control her thoughts, to think of what was true and what was right. Amen. You can control your thoughts. That's why Paul said, whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report. Think about all these things. Don't think about worse things that will happen to you because you will be stressed out. If the Lord said, you have this, you have a problem with your health, you know, first thing that you need to do is not to worry, but Lord, thank you. You let me know about this. And I think this will be the cause of me drawing more nearer to you. Because in this, I will, I will really rely on you and thank you because you are my God. Amen. Cast all your cares upon him. God's word gives us many ways to manage stress. But the book of Philippians provides three practical guidelines that we just learned. For us to gain peace and also minimize the things that brings us stress and depression. And so, this morning, you need to ask our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because He sees everything that you currently are facing today. Rejoice because He is in charge. Pray and ask for His help and keep your thoughts on Him, not your surroundings. See, if you do that, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart in Christ Jesus. Amen. All of us, we want peace. But we cannot achieve that peace unless we follow the direction of God's word in following how to remove stress in our lives. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your words. I know, Father, your words encourages us. And for that, Father, we thank you. In knowing the fact that you care for us. Help us, Father, not to dwell on the things that give us stress. But Lord, lean on you. Give everything on you. So that we will experience that peace that surpasses all understanding. Our Heavenly Father, this morning, we will do communion. Reminding ourselves about your love, your grace, your mercy upon each and every one of us. And most especially, Father, the work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, sacrificing himself, dying for us, in which, Lord, we, are not, we don't even deserve this. But, Lord, because of your unconditional love, we now have a relationship with you. And so, Father, 
help us just to meditate upon this this morning. And I do believe, Lord, when we meditate upon the suffering of yours instead of us, it relieves us our own stress. And it helps us, oh Father, to move forward whatever circumstances we have. And so, Father, bless each and every one of us. And if there is any known sin, O oh Lord, in our heart this morning, forgive us so that we will be worthy, O oh Lord, to join in this table. For this is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.